Hello, hello, and welcome to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for those highly sensitive people who are brave enough to want to engage fully in the world, uh, share all of their gifts, not hide, uh, but still keep all of their marbles intact and their health. Their health, that, that's a big thing. <laughs> um, I'm Leah Burkhart. I'm your hostess for the show. I'm a health coach and health educator and highly sensitive little bean. Uh, and I'm here to talk today about safety. I think a lot of times when we talk about health and wellness, sometimes we forget to include a conversation around safety. Well, I don't know if we do it, but I do that. I, I have a lot of uh, difficulty talking about my personal safety, um, not in the sense that I don't want to be safe, but rather um, a lot of conversations about safety wind up in conversations about boundaries. And while I have many gifts that I absolutely love sharing with many people, setting boundaries is my Achilles heel. I, I, it's something I struggle with. So being assertive, being clear, uh, being direct, maybe even being aggressive when aggressiveness is called for. These are things I'm challenged by. Um, I am not only highly sensitive, but I'm also introverted, which is common. They're highly correlated. Um, so I'm very conflict avoidant. I'm also five foot three. Uh, I weigh 120 pounds, <laughs> so I'm a small person. <laughs> so t- discussions about conflict, uh, it's an uncomfortable place for me to sit in. So one thing though that, you know, one thing I find myself doing a lot uh, in relationship building with other people, I absolutely walk around in the world with the assumption that every human being is doing the best they possibly can. That doesn't mean I think everybody is good. I, I think there are some people whose best is dangerous. And what's hard is people who are highly sensitive, and they, they tend to have a lot of trouble imagining and putting themselves in the place of another person who has perhaps little or even no sensitivity at all. My reality is... Uh, vibrant. My sense of other human beings is vibrant. And so it's hard for me to put myself in the place of someone who doesn't feel, or to the extent that they do feel, they don't feel much of anything anywhere close to what I do. What that leads to, the positive side of this, is that I'm constantly approaching people with the assumption of best intentions. And then if I'm proven wrong, I sort of have to backtrack, I have to find new strategies to cope with that. But that leads to a lot of phenomenal conversations with people who have given me feedback, such as, you know, I love that when I'm around you, I feel like I'm, in, I'm, I'm being held. I'm in a space of non-judgment, um, of compassion. And it leads to uh, rewarding connections. It's just the downside of this, because there always has to be one, is there are people in the world who aren't really interested in connection. They have their own agenda. Maybe they're evil. I I shy away from saying that of people, but there's something inside of them that... I'm not even going to make a judgment about there being something inside of them that is broken. They're just different than I am. Examples of the kinds of people that I'm talking about are those who might have personality disorders or 
They might even go toward the end of the spectrum like of being a sociopath. These people exist uh, in relatively large numbers. They're certainly not the majority, but let's face it, neither am I. I'm highly sensitive. (laughs) We're not the majority either. So it's really important when talking about health and wellness to also include safety. So I want to talk a little bit about what I mean by that because there's different grades of safety. The first thing I want to talk about is physical safety. You know, using because what's the upside to being highly sensitive is that we have a an elegant security system. We have a built-in sensitive meter. Sort of think of it like a smoke detector that reads even the smallest hint of smoke signals. (laughs) So. If you're a highly sensitive person, whether you're high sensitive, high sensory seeking or not, if you identify as having a sensitive system, you're in a great position to key into subtlety in your environment and reduce the likelihood of winding up in danger if you use the skill appropriately. Um, here's an example of something that came up for me. What I so. Hmm. Months ago, I went on a trip, and I think I even mentioned this in a different episode. I went on a trip with my beloved and his mom, and we were attending a wedding. Uh, We got on a plane, went to Texas, saw the wedding. The wedding was beautiful. We had a lovely time, came home. We're now, you know, flew back, and then we were taking BART, so San Francisco, Bay Area, took BART. And he and his mom needed to put more money on their card, their, their clipper card or whatever. And I didn't, so I'm sort of hanging back. And they say, Could, would you mind keeping all the luggage? And I was fine. I mean, I personally never bring luggage. I always have my backpack. And I, if I can't carry it on my back, I don't bring it. And it doesn't matter if it's for six weeks or for six days or a weekend. I just, I don't ever do carry-on. And I don't bring a lot of luggage. Part of the reason for that is that I, 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 I'm not very skilled at fighting. I'm not very skilled at self-defense. I, I mean, I can defend myself verbally and with direct communication, but if someone really wanted to incite violence, I, I mean, what's the point? All right, fine, five foot three, 120, you, you got me, and I have no skills to maneuver against you. So what I do have, though, is stamina. I'm a runner. Um, I'm a... I do a lot of exercise. I'm strong for my type, my body type. I'm fit because I, I, I love to move. So if I only have a backpack on me and I get the sense that there's danger, at the very least, I'm very good at getting away. So my superpower is speed. <laughs> and I don't think I fully realized or appreciated to what extent that habit of mine was because of uh, a desire to be safe until here I was watching over the luggage of other people and I'm just as my boyfriend and his mom are out of my vision my, my, like my line of vision a gentleman walks up to me and he's clearly unstable I mean he's he there's nothing about him that says he's going to be violent but he's also unstable, so there's nothing about him that says to me that I can actually predict anything about his behavior. And of course, he sat right next to me. And so I'm in this situation where every alarm bell in my body is going off. It's not alarming me to danger. It's a very, it's a, it was an uncanny experience. I would say my body responded with um, a vibrating sensation 
a buzzing, um, maybe the hum of a refrigerator that you feel like something that's just white noise. It's not anything intense, but it was very much just like, okay, Lee, you're going to need to straighten your back up. I mean, you know, it, I definitely shifted my body language to kind of say, uh, stay away. But this gentleman didn't adhere to that. So here he's coming closer and I'm sort of thinking, okay, well, I can move away, but I'm not in a position to be able to run away with all my baggage. And I could just leave the baggage. I mean, my life is worth more than what's here, but my friends might be coming back at any moment, so I might be just fine. So I'm standing there thinking, okay, there's no threat, and I don't want to startle this person by moving abruptly. And then, of course, he reaches for my arm. Now I'm thinking, oh, like the pardon my language, but oh shit. But again, my sense of him was that, you know, he's not trying to be violent. It was a very gentle touch and he's smiling and he's kind of in a daze and I'm still thinking, okay, this is really not good. Um, Because I, again, I didn't know. It's like, how do I be safe in this moment? I don't want to pull away abruptly. I don't want to put him in an unstable situation. You have to remember too, all this is happening pretty fast. Fortunately, in this scenario, it was broad daylight and someone not in my circle happened to see what was going on and he very amicably came up and said, oh, hello, how are you? Good to see you. And he knew that we, we both knew, neither one of us knew the other. And he started speaking with this gentleman and then the guy who's obviously unstable is still smiling and, and so then he takes my hand and he connects it to the other person's hand and it was this very, I mean, I think the guy intended nothing but kindness. I eventually my boyfriend and his mom walked back and I explained the whole thing to them and I said you know honestly this is part of why I never bring luggage and I didn't realize that this was part of it until it happened you know part of what put me in a place where I was a little paralyzed is shit I'm there's stuff that I have to move with me or not and uh, at any I don't think I handled it as well as I could have or perhaps how as well as I should have it's hard to explain I mean that was a really good learning lesson for me because at the end of it everything was fine but I kept replaying it in my mind like how could I have done that better should I have just moved abruptly to begin with should I have yelled if I'd yelled would that have made things worse I'm not really sure so this is a physical safety issue and so now again he meant no harm and that went, went just fine I never got the sense from him that he meant it but it could have gone that way and I wasn't prepared for it. So something for you perhaps to be keeping in mind is you know, when you're walking around in the world and you want to be physically safe, a couple of things you should probably do. One, plan ahead. You know, position yourself in such a way so that you can get away easily. Um, you know, and don't do what I did. I stood there next to the luggage thinking, but my friends are going to be back any minute. So what? It only takes a second. I mean, I should have just walked away. Or if you do have any skills, some self-defense skills, you know, start positioning yourself so that you can defend yourself. Be really clear with your communication. Please do not touch me. I wasn't clear. That's part of my issue is being really clear and direct in my communication style. Um, and then also, again, the upside to what was happening with me is that my alarm systems were going off before he approached me. I saw him from afar and I noticed him and thought, that's not, probably not a person that I should be close to. I just didn't use that to my advantage and move away as quickly as I should have or call attention to someone like I should have. 
don't do what I did. (laughs) Use those systems. Don't ignore them because you're conflict avoidant or you want to think that it's all sunshine and lollipops. This guy was unstable and there, there was no way for me really to know what his intentions were or if those intentions were going to change. Um, so that's physical safety. You want to be physically safe and you can also have tools with you. Like in my case, I, I now on my bag have pepper spray. I mean, I haven't had to use it yet, but I always keep it with me just in case. Another example of something to have in your physical environment, if you're walking to your car, always have your keys out. You know, Don't do the whole, I'm digging through my purse right now because I can't find my keys and whatever. No, pull your keys out in advance. Have them ready to go. A girlfriend of mine even said, you know, put a single key in the crack of each of your fingertips so that if you really needed to punch someone and, you know, get away, you, you, you know, a very small punch could go a long way with your keys there, which... I mean, I don't know if in the moment I could do that, but these are just tips to keep in mind. You might be a highly sensitive person, and you might, like me, be averse to violence and be highly conflict avoidant. That doesn't mean other people in your environment are. And I'm no way trying to say that you should be afraid of everyone in your world, but you should be aware. Like, it's great to see everyone with the best of, you know, to, to assume best intentions. But your life is also worth taking care of. So in your physical environment, it's important to communicate, hey, my life matters too. A friend of mine that I was talking about this with you know, gave an example. Let's say that you're in the grocery store and someone just is clearly being kind of a jerk and they just bump into you. What would you do? And I said, you know, honestly, I'm not saying this is good, but I probably would just sort of say oh well you know excuse me and back away and move on because I wouldn't want to engage and he had said yeah you know I used to be that way too but I think now I would perhaps stand my ground and say excuse me you know I I'm not willing to tolerate that and the the phrase is standing in your power because every human being does have power you know you don't have to make it you know I'm not talking witchcraft here but I am talking about body language. So it's been proven with a number of research studies, yes, studies, that's what, a number of studies where research on the body has happened. Whoa. (laughs) I'm all over the place. The human body is a neat ecosystem. If I am having thoughts and am fearful, you will probably see the fear in my body language. A lot of times people curl in, they cave in, they dodge, they duck away. Or if they're more aggressive, they might, you know, they puff their chest out and they, they can go the other direction. We've known that testosterone, might, you know, the level of testosterone in a person's body might influence their behavior. What we're now realizing is the way we carry ourselves can influence our hormones, which can then influence our capacity for different kinds of behavior. Um, In English, (laughs) what that means is if I cower inward with my body, my body will produce less testosterone in response to what my body is doing. So it's almost a cycle. If, on the other hand, I do sort of the, the, the Wonder Woman pose, you know, like my bra, my chest is broad, I've got my hands on my, my hips, and I'm, I'm getting out there, that will actually induce my body to produce more testosterone. 
So it's really kind of neat. I What I'm doing influences what happens to my body chemistry, which then further increases my capacity to be more assertive. So if you're trying to be safe and you're in a place that you feel like you can assert yourself well, uh, use your body language. You know, communicate that. This is part of why people say if you're traveling, walk with purpose. You know, don't look lost. You know, walk as though you know where you're going, you have a place to be. Walk with confidence. So if you're a sensitive person, this might be kind of tricky for you uh, because most of the HSPs I know, they tend to, I don't know, they have the opposite of a poker face. I mean, whatever that is. I think Elizabeth Gilbert in her book said the miniature golf face. I love that line. I don't have a poker face. I have what's called miniature golf face, which means all my emotions are on my face. (laughs) Okay, Uh, Don't do that. Put on a poker face, you know, show and exhibit some strength. Just because we're highly sensitive does not mean we are strong. It just means that we are aware and that can work to our advantage so long as we pay attention and we actually use that that, that skill. So that's physical safety. So just to kind of recap that, physical safety is plan ahead, you know, have what you need at your disposal. You know, if you're not a fighter, make sure that you can flee. If you have some skills at your disposal, you know, use your body language to assert yourself. Uh, use your communication to assert yourself. Don't be quiet and meek like a little mouse. You know, hi, how are you? Show confidence. Um, you know, make it easy to remove yourself if you need to. And also make it so that the likelihood of danger is reduced just by virtue of where you are and at what time. You know, I, a lot of times people say to me, well, you know, even if I'm a woman that's five foot three or a man that's six foot two, I should be able to walk in the middle of whatever town I want at whatever time of night I want and not have to fear being assaulted or raped or murdered. True. That should be the reality. That would be great if it were the reality, but the truth is that's not our reality. You know, I'm, I don't walk in sketchy places at three o'clock in the morning uh, because I well, I don't have any business to do that. I should be in bed because, as we all know, highly sensitive people don't do well and they don't get enough sleep. But also, it's just, I'm I'm, I'm not going to put myself in positions that increase the likelihood of needing to use skills, resources to keep myself safe. I'm keeping myself safe by virtue of how I plan my day and where I position myself and at what time and in what location. So plan ahead, have your skills, your tools at your disposal, um, and just be aware. Use your spidey senses. <laughs> uh, but the next, so the next realm that I want to get into, that was physical safety. There's also emotional safety. Everything I've read, I, I don't see any um, like double-blind, uh, evidence-based research on this, but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that I'm seeing from psychologists who work with highly sensitive people, as well as from narratives I'm hearing from highly sensitive people, that they, and I include myself, we, uh, seem to attract on some level narcissists uh, and potentially even sociopaths. Well, a gentleman friend of mine uh, actually said, well, it's because you are prey. And so narcissists or sociopaths might see that. I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. Uh, So I'm I'm not going to, I am in no position to uh, clinically observe and diagnose someone who is narcissistic, nor am I able to identify and uh, diagnose a sociopath. However, 
I can Google stuff, and I have seen characteristics that exemplify the prop, you know, the kind of things that you would see in a narcissist or sociopath. And I have come across people who exhibit those signs. Whether or not they actually have personality disorders or not is kind of not the point. I just find it very interesting. I'll give you an example. I uh, I knew this guy for years uh, since high school, and he, it, it was uh, how would I even describe it? We were friends. There was flirtation. Um, there was attraction, but we never really did anything about it. And part of it was, you know, part of me always kind of hung back a little bit just because there seemed like something was off. Um, And it was also just never the right timing. And he consistently said to me, I am, I'm I'm sorry, pardon my language, folks, but I'm an asshole. And you just, this is something you need to know about me. And I kept imagining that what he meant was Jack Nicholson asshole or Louis Black asshole like the kind of person where it's like yeah you're rough you're edgy you're funny but at the end of the day you don't mean to hurt anybody and at some point though we sort of attempted to take this thing to the next level this whatever it was that was going on and what he was doing wasn't the problem to this day, I'm, I don't know if this guy was a narcissist. I, I don't, really don't think he was a sociopath. I, I, I just don't because, well, I'd walked away unscathed. Um, well, the, the issue wasn't what he was doing. The issue was, at some point, I noticed how I was behaving. So in different types of conversations we were having, in different arguments that we got into, in different styles of communication, I noticed that I started bending in ways that I don't typically bend. Uh, I always wanted to soothe this person. I wanted to make him feel better about himself. I wanted to uh, keep his attention. And I noticed what he would do is he would, you know, my experience of him at least was that, you know, it's like he would give me this intense attention. And I, and, oh, I'm this... I, I was put on a pedestal. I was this amazing person. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, whoop, it's gone. And then it would flood back. And again, what he was doing, I, I, I don't know his experience, so I can't speak to that. But what I noticed about myself is that I was, when he would retreat, I would start to follow. And then when I would retreat, I would sort of pull away and go, oh, like, I'm the one who kept trying to re-engage. I'm the one who wanted to soothe. I'm the one that wanted to fix it. And at some point, I felt like I was crazy. I don't know how to describe it any other way. It's like the more I engaged, the more crazy I started to feel. Which is interesting because he gave me feedback at some point that every woman he'd ever been with at some point showed themselves to be a little bit nutty, a little bit crazy. And as I'm starting to behave in the same ways, I'm thinking, whoa this isn't healthy, what I'm doing. And, and I, you know, I wasn't texting him in the middle of the night or anything. Like, you know, it wasn't a fatal attraction thing. But I just noticed my own self-esteem start to come down. I noticed my own behaviors start to look weak. And I did some research on it, and it was the same experience other people described who had gotten involved with someone who was narcissistic, who had a personality disorder. And so I played with it a little bit. You know, for example, narcissists are, are known for having very weak ego. They, they need their ego fed and they have thin skin. They don't have 
uh, the capacity to receive a lot of constructive criticism. So I used that and I said, let's play with this. So I just remember just laying on him really blunt truths and just like, no, I'm going to be very firm. I'm going to be very assertive. And it was an experiment. And I watched him behave exactly the way that those who are usually diagnosed with a personality disorder behave. And that was my cue of going, oh, interesting. Whether or not this person actually has any issues is irrelevant. It's about me. It's about how I'm behaving. It's about my personal experience. This relationship is not safe for me emotionally and intellectually. It just isn't. Uh, so I, you know, we parted ways, and I think we mutually agreed this isn't going to work, and we're never going to, like, this is not something to engage in. We just shouldn't. Um, so, and, you know, that was fine. I, I have nothing but compassion for him, and I don't know what he has for me, but that, the point is, it was very easy for me to get wrapped up into all of that. And that was an emotionally unsafe thing for someone such as myself, who is highly sensitive, to get wrapped up into. So when you're trying to practice emotional safety, the trick is not to try and scan every crowd to say, ooh, where are the narcissists? Where are the sociopaths? Where are they? I'm going to find them. You're not going to find them, especially because these folks tend to be particularly charming. Uh, I, I don't really want to talk politics, but a number of political figures who have had tremendous success, at least with regard to succeeding in achieving their position, uh, are they show signs of narcissism. <laughs> they behave a bit like a sociopath. Like, you're not going to find them, and you're not going to bust them. And even if you could, that's a waste of time. That's not up to you. Your job is to assess how am I behaving in this situation, and what am, I, what am I doing and what am I getting? What feedback am I receiving? For me, when I started noticing myself behave in ways that were counter to my nature and engage in a way that was getting increasingly unstable, that was when I backed off and just said, no, I'm not doing this anymore because this isn't safe for me. So don't judge other people. Judge your responses to them. Notice what you're doing. As a highly sensitive person, you are more prone to want to self, to soothe others. You're going to be sensitive to their nuances. And with someone who might have a personality disorder, they will capitalize on that. They will know just how to pull your strings. You know, if you're starting to feel like someone's pulling on a string that in such a way as to sort of suck the life out of you, there's not really any less dramatic way of putting it, where it's like you walk, when you walk away from an interaction, with less energy than when you got there, something's wrong. It, that was a more extreme example, by the way. Um, another, a, a very good friend of mine gave me a much milder example where he described a situation where uh, two mutual friends were all supposed to meet up and one of his friends had asked, hey, on your way, will you bring my sweater? And yeah, yeah, no problem. And when they actually arrived, on a number of occasions, uh, he was reminded, this guy with the sweater was reminded, don't forget to bring the sweater. And I says, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, no, I was just going to leave it here. Ha, ha, ha. But then he did. This person left the sweater, even though he promised to bring it. And the individual talking to me, so he's the observer in all of this, said, you know, that it was jarring for me to see that because it was a sign of, you know, I, I, I guess these, these friends have a history 
of of lying like lying is a thing that comes up and it's a trigger for this friend of mine and we talked a little bit about what the possible uh intentions were of this friend maybe he wanted to bring the sweater maybe he didn't it's not really the point um the point was you know my friend was the one who hung back and thought you know i don't something about it just felt wrong and so what i had asked them is you know based on your gut instincts it seems to me that you're pretty good at reading situations i know that you read me really well this is the the feedback I gave to him. I know you read my moods beautifully and you read your environment beautifully because everyone keeps giving you that feedback. So if something in what's happening right now is making you feel uncomfortable, perhaps you should just listen to that. And his response was, yes, that's exactly right. It isn't about my buddy. It's about my my experience, my safety. So that's another thing. Again, don't judge other people. You're never going to know what the intentions of these folks are. You know, my cousin in this case with the sweater or whatever. You're not going to know whether that was a real thing. (laughs) You're just not. But you can reach in and think, okay, how am I responding? What is my sense of this situation? And if you feel like something is unsafe or makes you uncomfortable, you need to listen to that. And then finally, whether it's physical safety or emotional safety, it is imperative that you develop the capacity to draw a boundary. Verbally, physically, intellectually, whatever. You know, be really clear. This is what I'm willing to tolerate. This is what I am not willing to tolerate. I, you can acknowledge and have compassion for every person on this planet and still say, however, use the caveat, however, I'm not willing to tolerate this from you. So I, for example, have tremendous compassion for even sociopaths who have committed horrible crimes and are imprisoned for life and are never going to have any hope of coming back out. Because in my mind, I can justify it, not justify it, but I can, I can understand that something in the mind of, a, of this person is broken. They don't feel the same way I feel. And I can have compassion for that. But that doesn't mean I'm going to invite him over for dinner and engage in conversation with him. I'm just not. You know, I can have friends that are, or I I can know people who seem to cause others a lot of pain and have compassion for that person and sort of like, I I don't know why you're causing this pain, but I imagine, I I don't know what makes up your, makes up you. I don't know what what experiences you've had in your life. I don't know if you were beaten as a child. I don't know if you have some genetic mishap going on. I don't know if you're just broken. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm never going to be able to walk in your shoes. I barely know myself. (laughs) Um, But what I can say is these things are not things I'm willing to tolerate. These things are the things I can. I'm okay with you being direct with me and letting me know when I've hurt your feelings. I'm okay with you giving me constructive feedback. I'm not okay with you yelling at me and throwing accusations in a fierce manner and pushing me across a room. Those things aren't okay. You know, I'm not okay with blatant insults that are intended to cause harm and that aren't productive. They don't give me anything to, uh, you know, constructive to work with. That, that doesn't help me and it doesn't help you. So drawing up a boundary can be verbal. It can mean this is what I'm willing to tolerate and this is what I'm not. Um, it can be physical. You, know, you can put your hands up. You can physically push someone away. You can physically say, I'm not, like, do not pass this point. But whatever tools you use, you want to make sure that you do have the capacity to draw those boundaries up, especially as a highly sensitive person. 
even though this is perhaps one of the most challenging things for an HSP to do because we are so open all the time and there's something intoxicating about that experience where you know when you're open and you're receptive and a person walks into your circle and they're just a normal healthy happy person who wants to connect and you get that connection that's a drug man <laughs> i mean it's great but if they're not you know you do, you shouldn't have to walk around the world with a, a perpetual shield being held up because that's not comfortable but you should be able to call upon it if you need to you know don't let the tool use you. You get to use the tool. Um, but it is important. It's an important part of health. I mean, half of the challenges I see with highly sensitive people, whether it's emotional eating, whether it's you know weight gain, um, if it's high blood sugar, if it's high blood pressure, a lot of these things that, yes, lifestyle helps tremendously, I find the original root is somewhere in the realm of boundaries. You know, did they protect themselves? protect themselves energetically? Did they protect themselves by drawing boundaries with their schedule? Did they protect themselves physically, emotionally with regard to their relationships? Um, Did they perhaps choose the right job or the wrong job? I mean, these are the kinds of things that are really important. So safety, physical as well as emotional, is imperative when talking about wellness. So, uh, but I, anyway, I'd love to hear from all of you. I mean, as a highly sensitive person, what is your experience of safety? Do you find that you uh, are challenged with staying safe? Do you find that you um, uh, are able to draw boundaries really easily and effectively? How do you draw them? So, sorry, that's a lot of questions. Maybe I'll simplify this a little bit. Question number one, how do you stay safe? Question number two, what are the circumstances that challenge you most when it comes to your safety? What comes up? Like, what are certain, like, oh, I'm really good at, at being drawing a boundary in these scenarios. It's much harder for me to do it over here. So it's sort of like, how, what are the strategies you use to stay safe? And what are the circumstances that might make it harder for you to do that? So, yeah, love to hear from you. Always excited to uh, chat. And in the meantime, what I hope uh, for all of you is that you stay safe in this fabulous holiday weekend. Uh, Happy Labor Day. Go off. Have fun. Stay safe. Take care.